0: I sent my oldest son off to a youth retreat this weekend. He was hours away. And like at any time when I'm not with him, I really missed him. But with that great distance and for those several days, I was really feeling the disconnect. I'm so glad that he had his Gab phone along. I was able to send him a quick text each evening to ask about his day and to tell him that I was praying for him. Have you heard of these things? The Gab phones? That's Gab. G-A-B-B. They look and feel a lot like a smartphone, but they aren't connected to the internet in any way. A user can call, they can text, take pictures, and even listen to music, but that's about it. With the Gab phone, I had peace of mind knowing that I could get a hold of my son all weekend, but that he didn't have access to the internet, and most importantly, the internet didn't have access to him. He wasn't scrolling social media or being sent shady photos from total strangers. He wasn't wasting time playing video games or being taken advantage of by cyber stalkers. If you too are interested in purchasing a regular cell phone that looks and feels like a smartphone for your kids, you can grab 30% off a Gab phone or a Gab watch right now. Head to gabwireless.com and use promo code MOMTOMOM at checkout. That's capital letters. M O M T O M O M. So once again, go to gabwireless.com and use promo code MOM2MOM. Welcome to the Mom to Mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. To say that the news has been filled with tragedies of every kind is quite an understatement. It seems like the whole world is on fire. And the weight of it all feels very heavy. And We're grown adults who've experienced decades of national and global crisis. Most of our kids, however, are witnessing political, social, and economic unrest for the very first time. And while on the one hand, we want them to know what's going on in the world in order to process history through a biblical lens, on the other hand, we want to protect them from being crushed by it all. How do we prepare them today to be the leaders of tomorrow without overwhelming them with all the devastation and the corruption and the sorrow? Well, today we're going to be talking about age-appropriate ways to navigate current events with our kids. Now, to be clear, there's no one right way. In fact, as you listen into our discussion, you might hear that even between the three of us, there are differing opinions, and that's okay. Every home is going to be different, and every child is going to be different and that goes for you and yours too. As we get started this morning, ladies, I want to first begin where each of us land on this issue. Are you intentional about discussing the news with your kids or, you know, your grandkids? And why do you think it's important to keep them current about national and global news, or maybe on the flip side, avoid doing that?
1: You know, Jamie, I do believe it's important to talk with your kids about what's going on in the world, because if we don't, They may either think it's way worse than it is, or they may not understand why we aren't talking about an issue that everybody else is talking about. Now, of course, you got to do it in an age-appropriate way. A 15-year-old deserves a very different conversation than an eight-year-old. And you want to be thoughtful and careful what you say and think it through before you talk to them. And I think it's always good to find out what they know first. Ask them, what have you heard about this? And then really listen to what they have to say. That's going to help guide the conversation. And you'll be able to detect their fears and their concerns. The news may upset them. So you have to validate their feelings and let them know it's okay to feel badly when receiving bad news. They may be worried about you you know, upheaval in the world can make kids anxious about mom and dad and how it's going to affect the family. So they need to know that. They need to know that you can get through hard times, no matter what you may be facing, but no matter what, we need to remain calm. It's easy for parents to get upset over all that's happening in the world. The news can make us angry, anxious, upset. And if our children see us get that way, they may react that way too. So we need to stay as calm and level-headed as we can. And if we stay calm, they will too. A few tips that I have, I think for parents, I really would suggest turning off the news at the top of the hour. If you've got TV going in your house, especially if you have young children, because they can easily get confused and they can kind of mix up fact and fantasy and become scared by what they see. So when they're around, just turn the news off. It's gonna help a lot in your house. Remind your children that your family is safe. The Lord is protecting them and you're doing everything you can to keep them safe as well. And especially for conflicts that are far away, like war in Afghanistan, you know, things that are happening in other parts of the world, distance is the measure you can use to let them know that they're safe and then take their minds off the scary things by doing something positive, watch a fun, happy show or do a positive, fun activity together and remember that kids believe everything we say, so just be really careful how you answer their questions. They may ask you about prejudice or religious strife or, or different, difficult things like that, and just try not to make generalizations. Ask what they know so you can correct their facts. And be careful what you allow them to see online. Some of it is really terrible and pictures can be just as awful. So make sure your computers have controls on them. Set your URLs to open to non-news-based portals. I think that can be really important. And as for grandparents, for me, I, I just let the parents handle it unless the kids ask you questions. And then I try to answer, but if I'm with them alone, I often won't give an answer or I'll give something that's vague and say, you know, we'll talk about that with mom and dad when they get home. If mom and dad are there, I'll talk about it with them because mom and dad are there and they can, you know, they can correct anything I say that's wrong. But I just, I really want to be careful not to overstep my boundaries as a grandmother I typically know where mom and dad stand, but on certain things they ask about, I want to just be really careful and let mom and dad have the boundaries for that. So if I'm not sure, I'm just going to say, you know, we'll wait till mom and dad get home. And I think that's wise for grandparents.
0: I just want to direct our listeners to episode 61. If you have a child who is currently feeling very heavy by the news and disappointed and scared, that's our episode on how to help walk our kids through disappointments. And we also discuss some of those things about, you know, the fears that our kids hold and their emotional capacity for very heavy things.
2: I'm glad that you asked that question, Jamie, in the beginning about how each of us stand on the issue and how we land because I homeschool, I think sometimes in the world's mind, I perhaps I protect my kids or they live in a bubble. And so, you know, I think on this particular topic, I would say that that is probably true. Maybe not everything else that we experience in life, but this particular area is true. I, I think that I do keep them a little bit of a protective bubble and I'm actually glad that I can not just because I homeschool, but they're not out in the world culture where they're hearing other kids talk about this and that and different opinions and fluxes of ideology when it comes to politics and news and conflict and strife and war and things like that. I get to bring a biblical worldview to what they're experiencing. And because my Nana, Grandma, during the day, every kid's with even my little ones, I do like you said, Kate, I turn off the news immediately. Because it's usually something very gruesome at the top of the hour, something very bad, you know, something maybe scary. And even for my teens, because what I like to do in our home, and this is just like you said, Jamie, I like to bring the news to my children in my time. So I like to present the idea, show them the articles, different viewpoints and tell them this is what's going on in the world, but I don't want them to hear it on the news with that viewpoint. So that's the way we approach it in our home. The only time that I will bring the news to their attention in current time is when it's something that will really affect them out in public. So if it's a mask issue, or maybe there's a prayer request for something immediate and urgent in the news, that's when I bring it currently. So I've taken two approaches in our home, Um, my time how I present it to my kids, the news and current time, depending on how it affects my children. So that's how we, you know, approach uh, things like that that are going on in the world.
0: Yeah. And I think I probably land very similarly about wanting to introduce it at my time. And, And obviously my kids are homeschooled too, so they don't have the constant inundation of, you know, this cultural moment, but I recognize I live in a town that is, it's a college town. I would have to say a very liberally minded town. And even within my own church congregation, there's a lot of discussion in sermons even about current cultural happenings. And I actually appreciate and value that as an adult, being able to hear some biblical thoughts on cultural moments. But I also understand that my kids are hearing that too. I probably land more on the preemptive side of the three of us. And and that's okay. We all take different stances on this particular issue. And if you're listening, I want you to hear the fact that, you know, we can hear each other and perhaps even agree to disagree and still in the podcast, knowing that we're on the same page in the things that really matter. I guess I've taken this approach about keeping my kids informed and being very proactive about current events for a couple of different reasons. I want them to be informed about the history that's happening right now. There's time I'll share a story about my own personal childhood and feeling uninformed and what that felt like. And, and let me preface all my thoughts by saying, I'm not saying I, I inundate my six-year-old with news. I think there's an age appropriate, just like Kate was saying, you know, you give the news in a different way to a 15-year-old than you would, let's say, an eight-year-old. So these are just like general thoughts that I have about why I feel feel it's important to bring current cultural events and news to your family and to your kids. I want them to be informed about the history that's happening now. I want them to develop some media literacy and part of that is because they are living in a time where media is nonstop. It is everywhere they look and I want them to be able to recognize what is fake news, what is biased news, what is editorialized news and just be able to have a real media literacy. I want to give them a global perspective. I think that really minimizes our own personal problems. Like when they hear about things that are happening in Haiti, you know, devastation and loss, obviously I don't want to lay this huge heavy weight and all this sorrow on them, but to be able to share it in an age-appropriate way, it really dispels a lot of narcissism that we have. It gives us a glimpse of people that are different from us, whose problems are different than our problems. It gives us a vision for the world. And I also think that we're removing a lot of fear of different cultures and different circumstances when we're giving them tools and knowledge of those circumstances and those cultures. You know, it ignorance does bring about a lot of fear. I think it can give an adult someday a head start in impacting the world for the gospel because they have a frame of reference for the world and all the people in it and the challenges that those people have faced. As far as homeschooling goes, you know, I value current events in our homeschool because I think it connects the dots between, you know, geography and history. It introduces civics in a very gentle way, because or natural way, because these are the things that are happening right now in our lives, and and lastly, I think again, I, I have to preface it's it, it's an age appropriate introduction to news, but I think in introducing my kids to some of the topics that are going on in the world, I'm giving them an opportunity to help learn how to sift the world events, you know, political decisions, social trends, all of those things through scripture. I can't expect them to know how to do that someday if they haven't been taught how to do that, like how to go back to God's word about this issue if I haven't trained them. Um, And of course, again, it starts at different ages, but those are just a couple of the reasons why I've taken that stance. How do you know when they're old enough to handle weighty topics? So we've talked about giving age appropriate news, but what does that really mean? What do you do When, say, some of your kids are ready to hear about current events and they're old enough, but then you have little ones who are there and will hear it, you know, through the grapevine or hear you discussing, how do you protect them all at age appropriate levels, knowing they're not all at the same age and can't handle it all at the same way?
1: Well, I think you have to remember that children, you know, they just mature at different rates. You may have a five year old with more understanding and maturity than an eight year old. I mean, you know your children. So it all depends and you're just going to need discernment, really. And I think pray and ask the Lord and he's going to show you and you, you know your kids. Now, I had one child. So it wasn't something I had to deal with, you know, really knowing one child from another, but. I would probably have separate conversations with them if it was something really big, like, you know, you have a school shooting or a terrible car crash or the death of a loved one or something like that. You know, they're big things that come into our lives. I think what I would probably do is take them out privately or find something to do one-on-one with them where I could really sit down and take their questions and find out how are they dealing with this and how do I best try to explain it to them answer their questions try to be honest but remain optimistic and let them know that the lord is in control and pray with them and you know let them know that there's hope even in a difficult situation because no matter what there's always hope no matter what the lord's always in control even when we can't answer all their questions because there are things we don't always understand why things happen you know, we we can't, there's just some things we cannot answer, but we can always have them pray with us for that situation, for the world. We can model faith to them and what it looks like and pray for the ones that are suffering, help them learn memory verses to ease their anxiety. If it's, you know, something going on in the world, like Jamie, you mentioned the, the crisis in Haiti. Well, let's do some things maybe to raise money and send it to an organization in Haiti to help ease the suffering, you know, do a lemonade stand or some of the things that kids like to do to raise money. I love Corey Ten Boom's quote from The Hiding Place. It says, some knowledge is too heavy. You cannot bear it. Your father will carry it until you're able. I think that's a great quote to remind us as parents, you know, even for ourselves, there's some knowledge even we can't carry, but our father is always carrying it for us. And I read that and I just thought that that's a perfect quote for for us and for our children, just to remind us, you know, that some knowledge is just too heavy.
0: And that's good news even for us.
1: Amen. It really is. It's a good reminder.
0: What about you, September? What are some age-appropriate times to introduce the news and how do you shelter your younger ones while still being able to have some of these discussions
2: with your older kids. So I want to talk about the word protect because I, you know, in the 20, almost 30 years of being a mom, I've learned one thing is that we can't always protect our kids from crisis and exposure to things that are really difficult. And no matter what we do, and I've learned this firsthand, our kids will be exposed to things that we would not have wanted them to be exposed to. And we may have to deal with the outcome of that. And we may have to deal with them saying later in life, you know, remember when this happened in the world or in our community. And, you know, that really caused me a lot of anxiety as a child. And I didn't tell you, or there will be things like that, that happen, but um, it's our job to be intentional and do the best. So as you're walking this road, any parent, and mom doing this right now and listening to this episode, I just encourage you to do your best and be intentional, but you won't be able to truly protect them at all levels. One thing that's happened in our home is when my adult children are around, they come back home for a visit and they're here often. And they're talking about the news. They're talking about vaccines and masks and the anxiety and the fear and of the unknown and the crisis going on in Afghanistan and all of those things. Sometimes I have to interject and say, You know that your younger siblings are in the room, and I want you to wait to talk about this till they leave the room. I have to be intentional about that. And sometimes they say, "Well, they should know these things." And I have to say exactly what I'm saying to everyone here now is, I get to choose when they hear this and how. So sometimes you have to be intentional to speak up, even when it's your own um, family. Uh, So if you're in a situation with extended family or grandparents or whatever it is that you feel is wise for your family, don't be afraid to step in with those weighty topics and some things that you know are best for your family. And the and the way that I know what is best for my kids is because I'm their mom. But the trick and the tip I would say to parents when you're considering what is too weighty, what is too much, is to not consider just what you feel. Well, your opinion or your emotional response on that situation, but to consider how your children feel. So we have to consider their emotional personalities. So I have some kids who are extremely empathetic and extremely compassionate. And I have to consider those things when I talk to those kids. I have children who struggle with maybe some fear and anxiety. So I would approach those children differently. So it's not just what is going on in the world. It's going on in that particular child. And I think we have to consider that on an individual basis and we're their moms and we know, we know what's best.
0: Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we fear the word shelter, especially for us homeschoolers. Cause we hear that word a lot, like we're sheltering mm-hmm. our kids, but we should remember that God calls himself a shelter. Shelter is not a four letter word. It's actually a good thing. And I think it's wise and prudent to know your kids well enough to know you know which one is ready to hear something which one needs to hear something and which one shouldn't and i think especially if you have kids of varying ages obviously september's ages are wide and she does have adult kids coming back home and and revealing inadvertently probably some things to her younger kids but i think it's wise to make sure You know, if we know our younger kids have heard some things that might be scary, might be a little too weighty for them to handle, that we go with some follow-up questions to them. And like Kate said, you know, ask them, what have you heard about this? How does that make you feel? Let's pray about that together because they will be nursing some quiet fears that maybe they never voice if we don't have the due diligence to go and ask them about it. You know, I remember when I was six years old, I was in first grade, it was 1986, the space shuttle Challenger exploded. And if you lived at that time, you know what a huge, weighty catastrophe that was, especially for school aged children, because there was a teacher on board. And at that time, you know, every teacher around the country was talking about it in their classrooms. And I was only six, and I remember my teacher crying and trying to explain the story to us. Fortunately for for me, um, in my tender heart, we were one of the rare classrooms that didn't have a live feed going in the classroom. We didn't have a television on. Um, My husband has a totally different story because he was in one of the other classrooms that did. At six years old, I remember very clearly my teacher standing at the front crying, telling us the story and then assigning us to write a poem about the incident to those who lost their lives in the Challenger. I was so confused. I didn't understand what was happening. I was scared because I didn't quite understand. And and, and clearly this was a very important thing. I mean, my grown adult teacher was standing at the front crying and that has still kind of haunted me today. Those feelings that I felt about this really scary thing that I just was just too young to understand and comprehend. And I wish that she had realized that maybe not everyone in her classroom was old enough to carry the weight of that. So I think we're wise in remembering that, you know, even if we have a set of twins at home, maybe one might be ready and it, it, it's fine to share with them. Maybe the other one isn't. So with that, girls, I'm curious to know what was the first pivotal news story that you remember hearing as a child? And maybe if you can remember how you felt about it.
1: Well, this will show you how old I am, but I distinctly remember the Kennedy assassination. I was eight or nine years old. And I remember that very well because back then, now we only had about three channels back in those days. You know, This is 1963. But I remember it was all it was on the TV was showing this over and over and over. And then the, the next thing I remember is Lee Harvey Oswald getting shot live on TV. And for that, I was at my grandparents sitting in front of the TV and just watching. you know, they had him coming from prison or from court, whatever it was. I can't remember now, but he gets shot and we're watching that happen. And you're thinking, what just happened? And he gets shot and killed live on TV. And I mean, I remember seeing it and I'm sure we had conversations about it, but I, I mean, it just, it was just so shocking, but I don't really recall how I felt, except it must have just been scary. And, you know, back in those days, but I I don't know that I had that kind of, it was a different kind of relationship with my parents that you all have with your kids. It wasn't, you know, the kind of thing where you could go and talk and cry and be scared. It was just a little bit different. You know, I just don't know how we worked it out, but I'm I'm sure we all talked about it.
0: But it stayed with you. You remember it?
1: Oh yes, because that's all you would see on TV. That's all anybody talked about anywhere you went was this assassination and then murder. It was just you know that's been in the news for fifty years now. Six, I don't know how many, a lot of years. So, but it was yeah, that was a big shocking. That was such a big historical event, but we saw it live.
2: What about you, September? What do you remember? For me, it was the Space Shuttle Challenger explosion, also.
1: Yeah, I remember that too. Mm-hmm.
2: And I was alone. And I remember thinking, you know, it's of course disbelief as a young child or te- early teens. I just remember thinking, how could this happen? And I think we all, that's an, an immediate response to anything that happens in the world. Uh, one thing that this reminded me of, this conversation, is that children. And even teenagers, whether homeschooled or not, really do not have a grasp and a concept of distance geography culture until they're out of the home. They understand location, and but for anyone that is you know not yet launched a college or anything like that, I think that anything that happens in the news to them, that's right next door. So they don't understand that these are global issues and that the instant thought processes is this going to happen to us mm. is this what what is going to happen to me and we forget i think to address that you know when they go to bed at night you know to remind them that they're safe right now mm. to put perspective to the demographic and geographical locations of these things so that our kids can feel safe. And if they, and if they aren't, if they're in a community or a city where there is rioting and things like that to help them have peace, knowing that in their home with you, that you are doing your best to protect them.
0: Yeah. And, and that it's okay. You know, like September was saying, we get to decide how and when to introduce things. We get to decide how to censor the news in a way that our children can handle it. How do you help your kids process through the news? As in, you know, how do you determine whether this is a fake news story, whether it's been editorialized? And most importantly, um, how do you help them see it through a biblical lens?
1: Well, I did a little bit of research to know how to spot whether it's fake news, because I mean, I can usually tell, but there are some things to do, especially if you're reading things on the internet. To know there are some practical things that you can actually, little tricks you can use to spot fake news, like look for unusual URLs or site names. You know, these want to look like they're legit news sites, but they really aren't. And look for words in all caps, look for grammar errors. That's a that's a big tip right there, because a good news site is not going to allow any grammatical errors. A lot of times they're going to have these bold claims, but they're not going to have any sources in the news story and big sensational images that you're not going to find anywhere else. Another tip that you can use is look at the site's About Us section. Find out who supports it. If there's no information or you have to register to find out, that's a tip. Why aren't they being transparent? If they're not letting you find out, if there's no About Us section, that's a big tip right there that it's fake news. And then, you know, check Google, check Wikipedia, look for other sources. If it seems too good to be true or another good thing, put the put the claim that they're making into Google and add the word hoax. And that will give you a good, you know, right there, you're going to see if it's a lot of times there'll be other articles about it that'll have that you'll find pretty quickly that it is a hoax. See if other new mainstream news outlets are reporting it. Oftentimes they're not. Check your emotions because clickbait and fake news are there for a reason. If you get angry reading it or you start feeling smug or feeling like, yeah, I knew this was true, you're likely being played. Check a lot more sources before you trust the one that you're reading. And don't confuse popularity with reliability. Just because something has thousands of likes, it doesn't make it true. It's very easy to be fooled. There is so much out there on the internet and so much of it is not true. You really have to be careful. And we've got to realize we live in a fallen world. The enemy wants to confuse, deceive, and spread misinformation. Fake news is a great way to do that. So of course, he's working overtime to accomplish his goals in this generation. We need to be savvy and use wisdom and discernment when reading the news.
0: Mm, I love that um, popularity does not equal, what, what did you say?
1: Reliability. Don't confuse popularity with reliability. I think
0: uh, more than ever, we need that statement. Popularity.
1: Especially on Instagram.
0: Yeah, that's great. Well, I think that teaching and training discernment can really only happen with great discussions and through modeling. And again, age-appropriate levels. I think that's really why it's important to begin introducing the news in your home, you know, and perhaps you hold off until they're in, in their teens and nearly ready to launch. But I think either way, having these discussions, recognizing, like Kate said, what are trustworthy news sources? Give them some sources that you have always appreciated and valued. Point out examples of editorialized news. I do that often with my kids. If I see something like on social media, especially some obviously fake you know, graphic or something that has been editorialized and and enlaced with lots of heavy opinions, I'll bring my kids over and say, I want you to look at this and tell me what is wrong here. I ask lots of questions. I lead with lots of questions because I want them to really think deeply about it. And then I listen to the answers. I don't just rush to the resolve because their answer that they immediately give might not be the right one. But it allows me to ask the next question and the next question. And eventually they form the correct opinion and the correct worldview about something without me having to spoon feed it to them. And and what happens then is they own that answer. They drew that conclusion all by themselves, even though they don't know. I, I pretty much led them there with breadcrumbs. But they've drawn the conclusion themselves. They found the correct angle to that story. I I didn't have to force feed it. And so then they own it. Questions really cultivate deep thinking and as opposed to lectures, which just spoon feed casual facts and produce passive thinkers. So let me give you some resources that have been helpful in my home as I help filter and censor the news at age appropriate levels. The first go-to is the God's World News Group, and that is a Christian news organization that has lots of resources for all different age levels, starting with God's Big World, that is a a kid's magazine for three to six-year-olds, if you can believe it. And it's umbrellaed under their news resources, but really all it does is introduce fun light stories about great things that are happening all over the world, like fun animals that are being born, new inventions that are being discovered, stories about cultures, missionaries who are doing great things. So you see, it's giving them a taste for what a current event is without being heavy at all. Lots of big, bright, bold pictures. Um, Then as your kids get too old for God's big world, you transition them to world kids. That's the next arm of the God's world news group magazines. And that's for kids ages seven to 10. It begins to introduce some very censored versions of pivotal news stories for instance, if you know they were to talk about flooding in Haiti, it would be a very, very censored version of it to just introduce the kids to this is a place, you know, a faraway place, and these are the people, and this is what has happened. And then beyond that, at ages 11 to 14, there's a world team. That's the next level of magazines. It helps kids begin to form some discernment about the news. And that's a skill. Discernment is a skill that must be taught. So this is just a resource that will help you do that. And it's filtered completely through a biblical lens. I love listening to their podcast. Um, It's called The World and Everything in It. That's the podcast of the God's World News Group. And, And by the way, this is not a plug for God's World News Group. We have no affiliation with them. It's just a resource I have always really loved. But this podcast gives... It's I think it's like a a 30 minute production, but the first seven or eight minutes would be like the top of the hour news headlines. But they are censored and filtered through a biblical lens. I I usually listen to it while I'm making dinner every night, night, generally only listen to those first seven or eight minutes. I want to get the headlines. I don't watch news on television. I don't watch mainstream news, but I want to be an informed citizen. I want to know what's happening in the world. And so this gives me the highlights but also some biblical perspective about it. So my teens often slowly find their way into the kitchen while I'm making dinner because they wanna hear the headlines too. And we have some good discussions about that. Um, a couple other resources. There is a podcast that my kids and I like to listen to. It's called Kids News and news is spelled N-U-Z. And it is a six minute podcast. The first five minutes are headline news at a very kid appropriate Level And a lot of the news stories have to do with kids. Like what are kids doing around the world? You know, if an Olympian just won a gold medal and she's the youngest one in history to do it, it'll announce that very censored kid friendly. I do typically listen to it first before I play it to my kids. If there's something that's introduced that I don't want my kids to hear about, I know not to play it that morning. Or if it's something that perhaps I take a different stance on, I can formulate some thoughts, some follow-up thoughts. So after we hear the episode, we'll have a casual conversation about it. And we usually listen to that at the very end of our morning time at the start of our homeschool day. And it takes five minutes, but it's just a way to start introducing some current events through a censored platform. And then a couple of years ago, we don't do this anymore, but we were a part of a co-op with just two other families. And one of the things we did at this co-op was we had a current event spotlight. Now, you ha- you have to hear me in this. All of our kids were tween and above, with the exception of my one youngest son. But during the current event spotlight, two kids in the group were tasked um, that week to find a current event with the help of mom, read about it, and then write uh, one Short paragraph of highlights about that news story and even editorialize it like we wanted to hear their opinion about it. And it was so great to hear their thoughts about things like I remember one one girl did her current event on some statistics that were coming out about cell phone addiction in teens And here she was, a teen, sharing that, doing some research about it, sharing about it. And man, that really opened the eyes of these kids about cell phone addiction. And it wasn't us moms who were preaching to them about it. It was their own peers who had some great statistics to share about the problems with cell phone addiction. So those are just a couple of um, news resources that I've used. If you are a listener and you have a great resource, I would really encourage you to head over to Instagram or Facebook on the mom to mom podcast page and share those resources with our community because I'm sure that there's lots of moms who would love to have some tools to help them as they help their kids navigate through current events. Jamie, can you put those
1: links in the show notes?
0: Absolutely. We'll have all the links to all those different resources in the show notes and you can go to mom mompodcastcom and get those. What about when you have teens and even adult children who hear or read the news and maybe come to different conclusions about it than perhaps you or your husband land on those particular issues?
1: Well, thankfully, I haven't faced that with my daughter, but if I were to face it, I think I would do a few things. Um, I would try to be honest and hope they'd be understanding. I mean, Hopefully. And next, I would listen to see where they stand on the issues and see if there's any common ground at all, because I would want to keep communication open and not punish them for being honest. But, you know, I'd let them know I'm not trying to change their minds, but I also would want to let them know that I was praying for them if we were really far apart on something. I'd respect what they believe, and I'd ask them to respect what I believe, too. I think I'd also know that there might be certain topics it was just best to avoid right now. I mean, there's sometimes with your kids, there are issues you simply have to agree to disagree on. There are a lot of big things in the world right now that, you know, people have such different opinions on. Do we mask or not mask? Do we vaccinate, not vaccinate? You know, you can, families have been split apart over these issues and sometimes you really do have to just agree to disagree. So I would try not to tell them they're wrong and be judgmental, but I'd let them know why I disagree. And I think I'd also let them know my opinions can change over time. I think humility always wins the day. So I think that's how I'd go about it if we really differed on something. So far, we haven't. We we see eye to eye on pretty much everything, and I'm really grateful for that. But you know, not to say that can't change. Now that's not the same with a lot of my other family members, siblings and things like that. We, we pretty much are far apart on everything, but we don't talk much. So I guess that's a somewhat of a blessing, but not with my daughter. We're, we're eye to eye.
0: I think I, I would echo what you said, Kate, you know, just keep asking those driving questions and hold to unity as best as you can. Don't make a new story the hill that you die on in your home and definitely pray pray that you know god would unify you both convict where conviction is necessary and maybe that's your own heart and then remain humble and be willing to listen yeah i think prayer humility unity so girls i saw a meme circulating the other day maybe you've seen this one too it showed a woman and she had squinty eyes looking far off onto the horizon she was crouched really low as if she was trying to see way off into the distance. And the caption read something like this, me trying to see what chapter of Revelation we're doing today. And it was obviously meant to be satirical. I giggled as everyone would. But if I'm being really honest, it also made me do a little nervous giggle. The news has been heavy. And that meme just um, reiterated how heavy things have been. And parenting through all of it has made things even more so. I hope that our chat and the resources that we've shared today has helped you, Mama, begin to form your own ideas for how best to handle the unfolding history of current events in your home. Thank you so much for listening. Please join us next time when we welcome our very first guest of the new season. In the meantime, we'd love it if you'd join us over on Instagram or Facebook to continue the conversation and to share those other resources that maybe you use in your home. Find us at Mom-to-Mom Podcast and tell us how you've navigated the news with your kids.